Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, your Locked On Texans analyst. Hey, day two of getting back to where we want to be, and that's talking the Houston Texans with you guys. And honestly, I'm happy that we were able to do a show yesterday without mentioning Jack Easterby's name. I'm happy that we were able to do a show yesterday without mentioning Cal McNair's name. I'm happy to be able to do a show with just talking about what actually matters. That's wins and losses and how the offseason can equate to getting to the wins you want to see. Got to get more than four wins. We're understanding that four wins and 12 losses may be replicated this year, upcoming year, if things don't change. Talked about the running backs yesterday understanding that Danny Barry was retained as the Houston Texans running back coach. How can the running back room change with additions, subtractions, and how it makes sense with the money? Have to do the same thing. Going to keep the trend of the position breakdowns going, flipping to the defensive side of the ball, talking about the defensive line for today. And it's very important to understand a couple of levels of this thing. Bobby King has been moved down from the linebackers coach over to the defensive line coach. So we're going to talk about that, how I feel he can have a very great opportunity of growth with these young players on the defensive line for Houston. Also, evaluating the current roster for Houston. And lastly, ending off with some cap casualties, any additions and subtractions that the Houston Texans can make over the course of this offseason, whether it is in the NFL draft or free agency. And so uh, I just want to go ahead and get kicked off with the Bobby King. Let's dive right in. I want to give you guys some information about Bobby King. And it's kind of funny, really quick, before we talk about it, where does Bobby King come from, you guys? If you are from the state of Texas, Bobby King, as a defensive line coach for the Houston Texans, definitely comes second to Bobby King from King of the Hill. I think that's so funny. Like, we, we skip over that a lot, but Bobby King is a very known name for the state of Texas. But this is actually his second stint with Houston. Spent some time in uh, San Diego slash L.A. First time in Houston was 2011, 2013. This time he came back from the 2017 season. King was moved from being the linebacker coach, who is now being coached by Miles Smith, the son of Lovey Smith, and he's now the defensive line coach. Good move or not, and what are my expectations for King moving forward as the defensive line coach? And that's very important to discuss, but a little known information about King. He was a two-year starter on the defensive line at the University of Texas, El Paso, from 98 to 2000. That's also where he got his first start in coaching, serving as a student assistant, working with the defensive line from 2002 to 03, but King started with the Houston Texans in 2011 as a defensive assistant. That season, he was a part of the third largest defensive turnaround since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger as the Texans finished that year, ranked second in the league in total defense, giving up 280 point, I'm sorry, 
yards per game after allowing nearly 380 yards per game and ranking 30th in 2010. Did an amazing job with helping young players from Houston and the Chargers. And my expectations for him is to have the same effect on the young defensive line players as he did with the young linebackers that he coached in the NFL. In his first season back in Houston, King guided rookie inside linebackers Cunningham, Zach Cunningham, and Dylan Cole to standout campaigns their rookie year. Cunningham played in all 16 games, had a total of 82 total tackles, 45 solo, good for second among NFL rookies that year and fourth in franchise history among rookies. Under King's tutelage in 2018, Bernard McKinney was named to his first career Pro Bowl after posting 105 total tackles, seven pass deflections, five quarterback hits, five tackles for loss, one and a half sacks and a forced fumble in his first career interception. Also, Cunningham established himself in his second season, tying McKinney for the team league of 105 total tackles and notching his first career interception. 2019 unit was headlined by a breakout year from inside linebacker Zach Cunningham, who had a total of 137 total tackles, seventh in the NFL that year, fourth most highest single season total in franchise history behind D'Amico Ryans. Cunningham also set new career highs in tackles for lost quarterback hits and sacks. You can also look at Melvin Ingram in L.A. During his three years with King, Melvin Ingram notched 22.5 sacks. If you guys remember this crazy story of Manti Teo out of Notre Dame, he had a girlfriend, didn't have a girlfriend, wouldn't make it in the NFL too slow, whatever you have. Uh, Manti Teo actually led the team in total tackles with a single season career high of 82 in 12 games. If I look at what King has been able to do in the NFL with young players, my favorite would to be simply Texans on at least the former Texan Jadavion Clowney. Uh, his first year with Jadavion Clowney, King helped Clowney set a single season career high in sacks with 9.5, tackles for loss with 21, quarterback hits with 21, two forced fumbles, uh, 59 total tackles, and he also played 16 games that year, which I also think plays a big part to the dynamic um, that. Clowney added that year. I like the idea of what Bobby King can do for his young defensive line players. Uh, we've seen growth at the linebacker level. Just gave you the numbers. Just gave you how he helped guys become pro bowlers and break out seasons in two different franchises. So I'm expecting a lot out of Charles Omenehu this year. I'm expecting Ross Blacklock to bounce back. Not even bounce back. Just have a a good solid year in year two guys like pj hall i'm expecting king to really not coach handcuffed and have young talented players and i also think they have to look at additions throughout the free agency and throughout this nfl draft i think the defensive end uh, is the first pick that the texans should take in this nfl draft but i think he'll have his opportunity to have an offseason that is not going to be filled with unsuspected, unexpected COVID protocol. You're going to have time. The NFL has allowed teams to get more acclimated to what's going on. They're going to have an offseason that they did not have last year, and guys are just going to get better under King.
And Bobby King is another example of how good and how much better the Texans coaching staff is going to be. John, you just mentioned how King is able to develop young talent. And when you take a look at this coaching staff, nearly everybody that they have has a track record on how well they can develop talent. You take a look at Pep Hamilton. You take a look at Robert Prince. Those guys are going to be very crucial to not only the Texans' success in 2021, but also the development of these players. And there's a lot of young studs on this defensive line, especially considering the fact that J.J. Watt, the guy who has held the defensive line down for the Houston Texans for an entire decade, he's no longer is going to be here. So the development of these guys is going to be very, very important. And we're going to start breaking down which guy needs to step up and not only fill the void of J.J. Watt, but also step up and be that player that the Houston Texans need to improve this defense. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I'll tell you what, if you guys missed Sunday night Brooklyn versus Clippers game, you missed a great game, but you also missed a great opportunity to make some extra money by betting on the over under of James Harden assist numbers. Football is over, so I'm not going to tell you about the money you can or cannot make about the NFL side, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. The best part about it, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You're not going to beat that. So that's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Again, the promo code is locked on. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of Black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week's Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a Black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. The more we do these position breakdowns, the more I come to the realization that outside of the quarterback position and even the wide receiver core to a certain extent, there is a clear indication to why the Texans finished the 2020 season at 4-12. and 12. There was basically subpar production across the board, and part of their subpar performance was the Texans' defensive line. We all know how bad the Texans were in 2020 at stopping the run. As a matter of fact, they were the worst team in the league at stopping the run, giving up an average of 160 rushing yards per game. And of course, leading the defensive line like he did for an entire decade for the Houston Texans was J.J. Watt. In 2020, he was, of course, by far the Texans' best defensive lineman, finishing off the year with a PPF grade of 85.4. He led the defensive line in tackles with 52, led the defensive line and the team in the sacks with five, ended the season with a pass rush grade of 76.6, and also recorded a run defensive grade of 81. So one might look at the departure of J.J. Watt and say, with Watt, the Texans had a terrible D-line. Without him, it could only get worse. However, I would like to disagree with that statement and say, when you take a look at the promise that a guy like Charles Amenehu, P.J. Hall, Ross Blacklock has shown over the years, 
you factor that in with Bobby King, a guy, John, you and I just finished talking about how he could develop talent and also factor in the fact that the Texans have one of the best defensive minded coaches of all time and Lovey Smith now on this roster. The Texans defense, especially the defensive line, can go nowhere but up. For example, who's going to fill in as the Texans best pass rusher with J.J. Watt no longer on the roster? That guy is going to be Charles Amanehu. Last year, he was second on the team in sacks with four and ended the season with a pass rush grade of 64.4. And ever since the departure of Javion Clowney, everyone, including you, John, have always said, who's going to be that defensive lineman that's going to step up and take the role at stopping the run? That guy nine times out of 10 is going to be P.J. Hall. Last season, the only time the Texans showed promise that they can at least be competitive at stopping the run was when P.J. Hall was on the field. And unfortunately, he only played a handful of games before he went out with a season-ending injury. Last season, according to PPF, he ended the year with grade at stopping the run at 54.6. With P.J. Hall, you know, he did start nine out of 10 games last year before tearing his pictorial. I had 34 tackles, one sack, two tackles, and two quarterback hits. He was very good for Houston in his snaps played against the run. And I also like the idea of, you know, maybe Ross Blacklock is not an interior defensive lineman. I think he's athletic. I think he has some speed. And I definitely think he has some power. Uh, of course, you have some if you made it to the NFL level. So it will be interesting to see when evaluating this roster, are players going to have to be moved across that defensive line? Nobody is going to feel the void of JJ. Like, I don't even want to say that. But a collective unit all doing their job and playing at a high level together will be amazing for Houston. Because as, as we saw last year, there were times where I, I, don't, I don't know if everybody on that defensive side of the ball played at a high level. A lot. A lot. We saw even times with J.J., it just seems like he was just tired of being out there, getting his ass kicked, and he didn't give it his 110%. And so I, I think we have to look at where this roster is currently, where the NFL is currently, and do we think a player like Ross Blacklock, who we are all waiting to blossom, especially uh, since he's a hometown kid, and under Bobby King, I think that'll happen, but do we think he needs to be moved to the defensive end position. Maybe match him up against some right tackles in this NFL league. Maybe he'd be able to use some of his footwork and shiftiness against right tackles and win some of those battles. Right? I don't think Ross Blacklock would be a major defensive lineman against the run, but I think he can do something for the passing game against you know offenses. And you're right. Charles Omanehu uh, had a very good second season and I believe he will have a better around eight and a half to nine and a half sacks for Houston this year. PJ Hall, great point. As we both pointed out, he will be big, healthy at least for the Houston Texans. But those are just a couple of players. We didn't mention Brandon Dunn. We didn't mention Carlos Watkins. We didn't mention Eddie Vander does who he will be, you know, expected to come back after skipping all of yet last year due to the COVID virus. But we also have to look at, subtractions and possible cap casualties. Can Houston save money by releasing a player or two in order to bring free agents in that can help this team? 
with every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store. But it only cost $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I want to mention that if the Houston Texans and this, I mean, you know, yesterday I mentioned about releases and, you know, how Houston can save themselves some money. Uh, I mentioned how David and Duke Johnson can definitely be cut and save Houston some money. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive end, Brendan Dunn is one of those contracts also combined with one of the players who did not live up to the $4 million that he signed in February of 2020 and a release would save Houston $3.25 million in cap along with $3.75 million in cash. Uh, Houston can definitely use that $3.5 million in cap to move on and find other players in the NFL free agency, but Houston doesn't pick until round three. And I like Quincy Roche out of Miami. He's a DN outside linebacker, 6'2", 243. Uh, he will be available around the third and fourth round. I think Houston needs to be very aggressive defensively in this NFL draft. And if you're understanding, and if you understand that you only had 34 sacks last year, was not able to get after the quarterback, J.J. Watt is gone. You're going to need somebody that is athletic, that knows how to get after the quarterback. And Quincy Roche is one of those players. Again, I love him. I love his game out of Miami. Was a transfer from Temple, played three years at Temple, seven sacks, six sacks, and 13 sacks after uh, his first three years with Temple, then transferred to Miami with four and a half sacks. And I like that he will be available around that time. When you when your first pick is in the third round, you have to understand that scouting is very important. But if your very first pick is in the third round, it's going to be a lot of hit and misses in this draft. But I think he is a player that has high upside. And I would like to see him. Uh, have an opportunity to come to Houston. I, I like his game, and I think Houston can really use him on that defensive front. 
John, to your point, when you talk about how you feel the Texans should use their first pick on drafting a defensive lineman, I'm going to disagree with that just a little bit and say that I feel that in my opinion, I feel the Texans should use their first pick in drafting someone who can actually help this terrible secondary. We just finished talking about the promising young guys that the Texans have on that defensive line. And I feel, why would you want to waste your first pick on getting another young defensive stud when you already have at least two or three on your roster? You know, I got to say something. I think it's funny. We got to stop. I don't know, we. I, I I want you to stop calling these guys studs because if they were really studs, we really would not be too upset about the loss of JJ Watt because of who we'd have on the other side of the ball. But you know, I, I, if if they go with a defensive back, I would not necessarily be upset. And I can't wait to talk about the second game because that was the worst unit for this team. I mean, did not create a lot of turnovers. But not to get too far into it, I will say this: the Texans. First pick is in the third round. They only have one at this current time. They do have two fourth-round picks. And you still got to go defensive line. Uh, I think two out of three first of those picks have to be defensive line. I like Taquan Graham, the DN slash defensive tackle, more so of a defensive tackle for uh, from the University of Texas. You know how I am about my Texas boys. We got Charles Omenehu out of there as well. Uh, solid defender, one of those guys that – if you look at him as a DN, you're not really going to pop off the screen and like him a little bit. Uh, during his four years at Texas, only had six sacks, but did accumulate 21 and a half loss, tackles for losses. And I like what he can do at 6'4", 300 pounds. I mean, if I'm having the conversation of moving Ross Blacklock to a defensive end, or maybe more so of an outside shade three technique, uh, then I like the conversation of bringing in Tyquan Graham and having him as the nose guard for Houston in this defense. I think that'd be perfect. I don't see him as a DN, but I do. I do see him as an interior run stopper uh, for Houston this year. And I think you know Bobby King would do an amazing job with Graham and Roche as well. And I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out Tuesday's episode of. Locked on Texas, your daily Texas talking news podcast this Tuesday. So if you're listening to this early in the morning, join me later today for Tony's Tuesdays for Locked on Texas. I just want to talk with you guys on IG. I'm sorry, Twitter live. And so follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy as well. And subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.